You're listening to Monster Kid Radio, or are you? That was the horror host, Mr. Lobo, and he's opening episode 110 of Monster Kid Radio. I'm your host, writer-producer Derek M. Cook, and I want to welcome you to your podcast devoted to the classic and sometimes not-so-classic genre cinema of yesteryear, and I am still at Monster Bash 2014 here in Mars, Pennsylvania. You know what? We're going to talk more about Monster Bash, at least my experience with Monster Bash, and probably get Scott and Tracy Morris on the show again as well to talk about their experience, but you know what? Why don't we get back to Mr. Lobo, because we did an interview with him on the dealer room floor... Why don't we jump into that right now? I, I want to call you a legend, a horror host legend, Mr. Lobo. He's shaking his head no, but I'm going to disagree because I'm a big fan, a longtime fan. How's the show treating you, sir? Very good. Monster Bash is one of my very favorite shows. Uh, you know, it's, it's on the short list of a real fan's show. Mm-hmm. And it's like a family reunion, and we always go home broke and happy. That's the best way to put it, I think. Broken happy. So, Mr. Lobo, yes. how long have you been in the business here? Uh, the business of, of being on TV, hosting horror yes. movies. Yes. 13 years of cinema insomnia. Wow. Uh, we started in 2001. But to be honest, in 95, I was, was something we were trying to get off the ground. Uh, and, you know, we, you film stuff in your garage or, you know, you, oh, yeah, we're going to have a show. But really, it, it only really happens when there's an opportunity. And I was working at a TV station uh, in 2001. There was a, a late night movie on Saturday nights that ran 20 minutes short every week. And they just didn't give a damn what happened in those 20 minutes. And it was a very, it was a very lucky uh, situation where I walked into the general manager's office and said, you know, you've got this movie that runs short every week. I could fill that time for you. And, and, they, and they didn't care. And we, able to get, we got started and I got hooked and fans started watching. And it's addiction, really. It robs you of, of your entire life <laughs> and your soul and your family. And uh, the extreme cuts, like going to Venus, the, the, ex- the extreme personal cost. But it's all worth it in, in, in the end, I'm, I'm told. <laughs> well, you get to fill those gaps uh, with all these wonderful films that you host. Do you have any particular favorites that you've hosted? Any experiences that have stuck out for you? People always say, oh, why don't you do, uh, why don't you do Manos or why don't you do Beast from Haunted Cave? I don't like those movies that much. <laughs> you know what I mean? Most of the movies that are on Cinema Insomnia are movies that I watch. They activate something creatively in me that makes me want to write 30 minutes of material about it. Uh, so if I have a choice, uh, I, I do try to choose. But usually, in some cases, you don't get a choice. It's like what's available, what's free, what's cheap. What won't they come after you if you put on the air? <laughs> so, so a lot of times I don't get to choose. But it's not like Mystery Science Theater where it's, you know, bring the ugliest girl to the dance, you know, and make fun of her. Uh-huh. This is like bring the ugliest girl to the dance and put some lipstick on that pig. Hey, <laughs> she looks great. So I think the, the show works best when the movie uh, needs me and I need the movie. So doing them on the show, like I think about Star Crash or I think about Plan 9 from Outer Space. 
where getting a little break every few minutes actually, I think, enhances the movie more. Uh, Night of the Living Dead was one uh, uh, which is, is a favorite now, retrospectively looking back, but when I was doing it, I felt like I'm ruining this movie by being all over it. You know what I mean? It's like, this movie doesn't need me, you know? Uh, I'm, I, you, know I, you don't really, you don't, you, you don't need a companion cracking jokes while you're watching right. this heavy kind of serious horror film. But what was amazing about it is that I forgot that when I saw Night of the Living Dead for the first time, it was with Bob Wilkins mm. on Creature Features. And I was so scared of that movie. And it was so important that he came in there every few minutes with that calm kind of presence to mm-hmm. sort of make that movie. Uh, it's a very trans, it's a rite of passage, you know, for people. So when I did it, you know, I always thought of Mr. Lobo as kind of a joke of a horror host for the most part, up until that point where it's like, I'm putting on my uncle's clothes and pretending to be a grown-up. <laughs> And, and then all of a sudden, I'm getting in my car, and some 16-year-old girl comes up to me, and she says to me, I saw Night of the Living Dead for the first time Saturday night, Mr. Lobo. And that look in her eye of, of like, I knew that look. It was like, I remember when I saw Night of the Living Dead for the first time Saturday night, and what that meant, and that that would be that memory that would carry with her her whole life. And uh, it made me take what I did a lot more seriously. So I, I think that Night of the Living Dead is another one which ends up being, I think, I, a, a personal kind of uh, uh, where I, I really kind of started really realizing that I'm not pretending to be a horror host. For people who haven't seen Bob Wilkins, uh, I'm all they've got. There's another generation of people who don't know that I'm referencing something that already existed. <clears throat> I want to keep this brief because he got some business sure. here, but I have to ask you, you mentioned Plan 9. Yeah. What's coming up with the remake? I know you're in it. I am, and I'm in it in a big way. Even though it's a big movie, it's also a small movie. I mean, it's still a micro-budget movie. I had were working with John Johnson, who'd been making these kind of backyard movies with his, for his, with his friends ever since he was eight years old, and they were getting better and better and better and better, and, and, and then he got into making these sort of independent films that would go direct-to-video, and then finally he really got to make a movie with a considerable budget. And he said, you know, I really want you to be Criswell in, in this remake of, of Plan 9. And I said, oh my God, Criswell. I mean, that's one of my heroes. I mean, Criswell <laughs> was a, a real guy with a historical life. And, you know, I, and I don't know if I can be that guy and do it justice. And he said, well, you know, Criswell was a real guy who had a TV show. And you're a contemporized version of that guy. You're a real guy who has a TV show. And we filmed the teaser trailer, which will show the intention of the film. And it has my voice on it. I mean, it's $20,000 just for the trailer, for the teaser. Nothing. We hadn't shot the movie yet. We just wanted to show people what our intention was with the mm-hmm. film. And it kind of rocketed off from there, and we made the movie. Uh, it's, a, it's beautifully shot. Uh, everyone there is not trying to make a bad movie. Which, which is what Ed Wood was. He wasn't trying to make a bad movie. He's trying to make the best movie he could with a, with a modest amount of money. And that's what this movie is. But we have uh, the technology and stuff that we have today is so much better. What makes this film good is that the heart of it, I think, is in the right place. And uh, there's some real fine acting in it. The funny parts are funny. The scary parts are scary. It's a lot of action. And it got picked up by Spotlight Pictures finally. Nice. And uh, so it's going to be going into distribution. You'll be seeing it in your Redbox and your, your Netflix and, uh, and hopefully in the disc- or greater, your better discount stores. Uh, they shopped it at Cannes and the, they had a poster. I was on the poster. I've never been on a movie poster nice. before. It's like me, Tor, and Vampira on the, on the, <laughs> on the poster. So it was really in- incredible. And, and I hope that Ed Wood fans uh, appreciate the intention of it. It doesn't replace Plan 9. We have Jamie, who was the cop, Conrad Brooks as Jamie the cop who played the same character in the original. 
and he's retired. He's a retired cop now. Oh, that's uh, great. Uh, and 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 the events of the first movie he remembers. So so it, it, as far as the the, the and I don't want to spoil anything for anybody, but as far as the movie itself, if you look at it in that context, it's not a remake. It's a continuation. So I mean, uh, the aliens have been here before, and now they're back. Since the original film was in the form of a prediction, then it makes sense that they would come back. Uh, you know, I mean, the whole movie, the original, the whole movie was on an episode of Chris. It's a reenactment on an episode of Criswell so cool. predicts, right? That's so cool. So and and Criswell, I thought, oh, this is going to be easy. Okay, well, I'm not really an actor. I'm a TV guy. I'm a, I'm a personality. You know, I, I don't really know. I, you know, I, luckily this is something I think I can do. I, you know, greetings, my friends. We're all interested in the future because that is where you and I are going to spend the rest of our lives. I got goosebumps. And and I thought I thought I can do this. This will yeah. be easy. And then I get there and I'm reading the script and it's like Criswell's jumping on top of cars and killing zombies and shooting guns and it's like this whole thing of like what the hell am I going to be doing in this movie Criswell has more scenes than any other character in this movie wow and and he's not the hero but he's kind of like the droids in Star Wars where he's like he's holding the whole thing together from the inside you know you follow him from the beginning to the end and and Johnny and I were talking about him like it's like what Criswell is all over this movie what I know what what is up with this and he said well if the original movie was based on the testimony of the miserable souls who were involved in this horrifying ordeal, then that meant Mr. Lobo, uh, Mr. Lobo, that meant Criswell knew everyone and that he heard their story and that he was somehow there when it was happening. Uh-huh. So that was a kind of an interesting thing to, to, to have him there observing everything and, 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 and being able to tell that story uh, as he presents it in the Plan 9 that we all know. Uh, so it's it's very strange in that way where it's it's all past and future all mixed together and and it also reminds me of a lot of 80s horror films too and some of the best I think remakes happened in the 80s uh, with the John Carpenter's thing and uh, the blob and some of those ones which I thought were quite good considering a, a lot of other horror films of that time so I'm very excited about it uh, uh, they shopped it at, uh, they were shopping it at Cannes and to see the poster with me on it and they they were playing the Criswell predictions because I did 52 of those uh, webisodes as Criswell Criswell predicts wow. they've released 17 of them and I don't know where the rest of them are going to end up I hope they end up as a DVD feed or something, but I, I felt that I wanted to um, to prepare for the character of Criswell. I wanted to recreate his his TV show, so we we did 52 episodes of wow. Criswell Predicts. Um, they're only like three minutes long each, but so cool. So it was it was a dream come true. It was a lot of fun. I got I, you know I, I got to play actor with a lot of real actors. We have Brian Krause who was in Stephen King's Sleepwalkers and Charmed as Jeff Trent, and he is Jeff Trent. You know, yeah. he's he's great as Jeff Trent. JP, who is Tor, uh, not Tor, but Inspector Clay, is marvelous. Camille, who was uh, in uh, I Spit on Your Grave, I think is what she was in originally, but she pl- she plays the the ghoul woman, uh, the vampire oh, wow. character. It's a more realistic wife for the grandfather. Um, but still, she's really creepy when she's when she returns, and she's all creepy. I'm way, I'm totally spoiling this movie for everybody. I think everybody's going to want to see it anyway, though. But uh, you know, I like I said, it, there is a lot of new stuff happening that's totally new and very fresh and original. And there's a lot of wonderful homages to uh, the original film, and uh, and I hope that people see that um, this is in no way trying to replace, take away from only really to uh, to show how influential the original is uh, as an homage. Uh, remakes, reimagining, sequels, prequels, all those get a bum rap, but in reality, it always puts the focus back on the original. 
and, and, and the original always has a boost every time a remake comes out. These are our folk stories. These are our, our this is these are our tall tales. These are our heroes. You know, this is Robin Hood. This is this is uh, Little Miss Muffet. I mean, if we don't keep telling these stories, they're just going to go away, and it's not going to matter anymore. So uh, even though it, it may not be the one you had when you were ten years old, there's some kid turning ten years old that's going to rock their socks. Well, I'm looking forward to that, just like I look forward to every new episode of Cinema Insomnia on my Roku, which is where people can find you. Is that your only outlet, is the Roku channel, the zombie uh, channel? There is, uh, we're on zombie on Roku. Uh, if you go to the cinemainsomnia.com, there, we have a server called lobovision.tv, which has a bunch of old episodes on it that, that are viewable. There's still some on live stream. There's still some showing on random local stations across the country via uh-huh. AMG TV. And if you uh, download the Zombie TV app, uh, Android app for your phone, you can watch Cinema Insomnia episodes uh, on the go, in the shower. If your house burns down, you can still watch Cinema Insomnia, which, of course, will be your first concern. No, priorities, man. Priorities. Anything coming up other than the plan? Not anything else we want to let our listeners know about? There's a lot of things, uh, big things happening. I don't know if I can talk about them all. <laughs> but uh, it's you know look for another big Halloween uh, ha- uh, Halloween special this year. Oh good. There's more movies happening uh, with Mr. Lobo. Um, uh, I'm going to be in a movie called Matt Mercury, which is a sci-fi adventure serial type uh, feature. That sounds awesome. Uh, and I'm I'm kind of like a, a hologram advertisements everywhere in the future, you know. <laughs> so in Blade Runner, we got the beautiful Asian women eating strawberries up on the uh, sides of buildings. Uh-huh. But in in Matt Mercury's future, it's just Mr. Lobo selling you horse and milking and you know rocket <laughs> bars i don't know what future i want to be in more i don't know so where can people find you online cinemainsomnia.com on facebook there are two uh, fan pages a mr lobo fan page and a cinema insomnia fan page i have a, a cinema insomnia twitter and tumblr as well uh hopefully you guys uh, uh will f- you guys i sound like a teenager hopefully you guys find me on the interwebs <laughs> Well, we'll make sure there's links to all of this in the show notes over at MonsterKidRadio.net. Thanks for taking the time to chat with me, and have a great rest of your show, man. Uh, thank you very, very much. It's a pleasure to be on the show. And remember, they're not bad movies, just misunderstood. Big thanks to Mr. Lobo for appearing on this episode of Monster Kid Radio. Again, head over to our website to find links to his website. Our website is monsterkidradio.net. Not only will you find show notes for this episode of Monster Kid Radio, but every single episode of Monster Kid Radio, going back to episode number one. If you hear something that you want to know more about in any episode of Monster Kid Radio, go to the website, check out the show notes, and there's always a link to anything that we talk about here on the show. As we continue on with more coverage from Monster Bash. Anytime we have an interview, anything like that, if somebody brings up a movie, a book, a project, or just their personal website, find it at monsterkidradio.net. Now, also over on our website, you're going to find links to our Flickr album, our YouTube page, and our live 365 station. You're also going to find links to our Facebook group. You can find everything you need to know about Monster Kid Radio between episodes over at monsterkidradio.net. So check that out. Saturday night here at Monster Bash. This is continuing our Monster Kid Radio coverage of what has become my favorite convention ever. No offense to all the other conventions that I've loved before. Monster Bash is it for me. I don't want to go home tomorrow night. Well, I don't have to tomorrow night, but I don't want the convention to go anywhere. This has been so much fun. Uh, It's been a real treat. It is, uh, like I said, late Saturday night at this point. (laughs) 
Scott and Tracy are giggling to my right. I don't know if they're giggling at something that I did or they're going to say, uh, I'm in the lobby right now. We just had cake. Monster Bash gives us cake. We're celebrating Monster Bash. In about 15 minutes or so, heck, it might have even started, they're starting a drive-in movie. 13 Ghosts is going to be playing. And then at midnight, there's a big prize giveaway. We've been here since about 9.30, if not earlier than that. So it's been a long day, and I don't care. You know what? I'm just going to walk around and start shoving my microphone in people's faces until they tell me to stop. I'm looking dead ahead. My 1951 downplace partner, Scott Morris. How's the show treating you, my friend? Stop. All right. We're going to move on. I don't know if he's serious or not. I don't care. Tracy, how are you? Doing well. Uh, Starting to get that con waviness going, the, that exhaustion. I at least changed into comfortable shoes, so I'm doing better now. <laughs> you know, it's, it's like it's an exhaustion, but it's like a runner's high at the same time. It's this weird kind of wavy kind of feel. Yeah, yeah, I think you got it there. No, I, don't, I don't get that till the end of the con, and then I'll just hit the brick wall when they shut down. That's true. Now, you both are staying till midnight. You know, the group of people I was going to crash are now walking. They saw the microphone came out. You know, I don't care. I'm going to keep going. We're sticking around till midnight to the prize giveaway? I'm going to stay longer. I'm hoping to win a prize. Sounds good to me. I want a prize, too. Although, my prize has been hanging out with my best friends and friends that I am just now meeting here at Monster Bash. This has been a real treat. And they know who they are, thanks to the people who made this happen and got me to the bash. Let's see. What else has happened? Uh, let's see. Tracy was going to tell us how the fencing went. How did the fencing go? Well, I was there, but I want her to tell us. She said she has her own too. Uh, the fencing event, again, that was between the daughter of one of the organizers and Tom Savini, and she took him two out of three, if I understand correctly. You did understand it correctly. That was my recollection of the events. I don't know what Tom Savini remembers. The young Miss Adams did win, definitively. What have you guys done today at the show? Attended a couple of the Q&A sessions. We listened to Judith O'Day speak, and... Um, did some shopping, of course. <laughs> Got to go through yeah. the dealer room, do some shopping. We also oh saw the another Abbott and Costello performance, which was a lot of fun. Which was awesome. And I, I need, as as I heard someone that I respect say earlier this evening, I need to get more of those boys in my life. <laughs> I need more of those boys in me. I think is what we're saying here. No, not in me. <laughs> no, I I'll, I'll own that. I need more Abbott and Costello. You listening, Joe Stuber? I am going to get more Abbott and Costello. Yes, At least I blame a- you, Joe Stuber, because I added a whole bunch of right, Abbott and Costello to my Netflix queue. <laughs> and yes, Joe Stuber is going to be very happy to hear that we're going to have more Abbott and Costello in my Netflix queue, and I think a few other places because it's not all on Netflix, unfortunately. Actually, I'm really excited because one of the things that we did before coming to the Vash was go to this cool little used bookstore, music store, movie store called Vaughn's in Indiana. And and I picked up a DVD of an Abbott and Costello uh, television special. So I'm going to check that out. Lon Chaney Jr. is in it. So I'm excited for that. I, I don't know what, what's going to happen. But I'm looking forward to that. Uh, let's see. What's coming up tomorrow for you two that you're excited about? Anything that y- you can't wait to get here for? Outside of, you know, spending time with all these awesome people at the Bash. Well, we have the uh, Creature film short during the filming of Revenge of the Creature. I know we're going to be there for that. Yes. And the Julie Adams and Riku Browning Q&A. I'm going to try to get in the front row for that. Should we bring towels to mop up the... Hey, I, you know... Clothes up onto the stage. What I'll do is I'm... 
I'm going to have a little note that says, do you like me? Check yes or no. I'm going to fold it into an em- a paper um, uh, airplane and throw it up to the stage and, and hope she catches it. What if, what if Rico catches it? You know, I'll hang with the creature. It's cool. I'll hang with the gill, man. It's all right. You can give me swimming lessons or something. And there's one more Abbott Costello tribute show. They have been doing different material each time. Of course, they always do who's on first. A classic. And then there's a couple movies that sound interesting. The Island of the Lost from 1921. Well, I don't think I've ever heard of that. No. And Target Earth with Richard Denning from 1954. Richard Denning is awesome. One of the three awesome human leads in Creature. Love what he does. So we got, let's see, we got like Spillman Me Some Mole Men. We got a Q&A with Archibald Jr. We got a lot of stuff going on here. You know, listeners, if you've never been to Monster Bash, and this is just a guy who's made it two-thirds of the way through the bash, you've got to come to the bash. Everybody here has been so accommodating, so polite, so friendly, so willing to put up with this six-foot-four goofy guy in a Hawaiian shirt bouncing off the walls. This place has been amazing. I'm going to turn off the microphone. You know what? I think we're going to end this episode of Monster Kid Radio on this. No, you know what? We're going to bring Sunday's content in. Yeah. Stay tuned for more stuff. Sunday. From the Bash. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. All right, Monster Kid Radio listeners, this is our first recording from Sunday morning. I'm across the table from somebody you've heard on the show before. Uh, probably the longest period of time between appearances on Monster Kid Radio. He was at the very beginning, practically, director, award-winning filmmaker, and friend of mine, I think. It is pretty early still. Christopher R. Mim, how you doing, sir? I'm doing all right. It is early, though, uh, admittedly. He's told me repeatedly off mic in private correspondence that he is not a morning person, so I'm honored that you are uh, rallying your strength and, and making this happen. How's the show treating you? Pretty good, actually. It's been it's been great. I mean, um, we're we're doing really well. Uh, got a lot of cool people that are coming back to pick up the the movies. Um, partially, uh, a lot of listeners, actually. <laughs> so I thank you for that. Yeah, anything, anything I can do to help promote the Mimiverse, spread the infection, I've got to make that happen. So uh, the latest movie, the late night double feature, tell us about it, man. Well, it's fun. You should own it. No, um. <laughs> okay, good. Interview's <laughs> over. No, no, no. It's, it's two movies in one. Two stories in one. Yes. Uh, I decided to take two shorter scripts that I had that work out to about 45 minutes each uh, and put them together into a faux double feature. That when put together was the exact length of, uh, of a feature. The first half is called X the Fiend from Beyond Space, and it's uh, sort of a, a mix of Alien uh, mixed a little bit with The Thing, and, uh, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, and then the second half is The Wall People, which was uh, came out of my own uh, childhood fears of uh, creatures coming through my walls and stealing me while I sleep. Uh, because of the greatest American hero. What? How, how do, where, where's the, the journey from greatest American hero to the wall people? How does that work? Honestly, okay. The greatest American hero had this episode, when I, uh, 1981 maybe, right? Uh, that I saw when I was a kid that scared the crap out of me. And, and in it, the greatest American hero goes through a wall and is attacked by some monster, right? Okay. Uh, and when I was a kid, it scared the crap out of me. So much so that I, I was afraid to sleep next to my wall. I'd have to, like, you know, pile up stuffed animals and blankets and stuff okay. to make sure that if I rolled in my sleep, I wouldn't go through the wall and be attacked by this monster. Okay. Uh, of course, I saw the episode again when I was an adult, and I, you know, totally confused as to what scared the crap out of me so much, but it did. And so when I was writing The Wall People, I decided that I was going to, I thought that was a nice, creepy thing to scare kids. So I put that in. 
while people's been with you for a while, I listened to the Mimiverse Bonfire podcast, and it's come up more than once over the years. How long has this one been gestating for you? Well, obviously, since I was probably about five years old. Well, but, uh, <laughs> as, as a movie, as a movie. The name The Wall People uh, wasn't always the idea that we had. The name The Wall People came from when we were filming the uh, Attack of the Moon Zombies. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a guy who was running our door for us because we had a sliding door. Right, right. And, of course, we're real low budget, so we had a guy running it instead of it all being nice and electronic or anything. Um, and he was making jokes because he was stuck behind a wall for most of the shooting. Uh, and, and he started calling himself the wall people, uh, saying, the wall people are lonely, uh, while we were shooting just to crack people up. And I thought to myself, you know, the wall people sounds creepy. I'm going to use that someday. I don't know what it's going to be. So then when I decided to make the, the late night double feature, I thought that was perfect. It's finally my chance to do it. And then going back to that, you know, and of course there's that, that, uh, uh, Twilight Zone episode too, where the, the little girl disappears through her bedroom yeah. wall. Uh, and, and sort of that was, that that worked perfectly because I, I didn't know again that was like Cave Women on Mars which was a you know film I made a couple years ago that started as just a title I had no idea what the hell that was or what it was going to be but it sounded cool so I made it happen so again that's that's where the wall people started so he just name dropped one of his other movies Longtime listeners of Monster Kid Radio know what he's about but let me see if I got this right there's a total of nine movies now is that correct no is it nine? It is nine. Nine completed films. Nine complete films. You've been doing one a year. They're all in the style of this retro kind of sci-fi monster horror movies of the 50s. And they all take place in the same universe. But you don't have to watch all of them to get just one. It just enhances the experience and makes you more money. Exactly. <laughs> you hit the nail on the head, man. Uh, yeah, I, I, I build my films to be standalone. Right. right. But uh, there is a thread that carries through them all. That if you have seen them all, you sort of get extra points, you know, for, for enjoying all of them. You get you start catching all the little things that 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 tie them all together. But you can come in at any point, just see one, and never be lost. Who has appeared in your movies the most as the same singular character? I know the answer to this, but for our listeners, who's the one singular character that's been in all the movies the most? Uh, that has to probably be Mike Cook. Uh, as Dr. Edwards uh, has appeared the most. He's, he's my, my Quatermass. Yes. Um, that was the joke that we, we sort of made. Uh, Mike Cook, as an actor, has appeared in nine or eight of the nine. Uh, he does not appear in Cave Women on Mars, but he's been somewhere as some character somewhere in all of the films. Next to Michael Kaiser, who has played all of the monsters in all my films. Uh, and even though he's barely in It Came From Another World, he is in it. At the very end. But, uh, yeah, Mike Cook. Should be, right? I think so. That's where I was going. And then I was going to say Kaiser because he's done all the monsters. And and you've hit them all. You've had a giant tarantula. You've had moon zombies. You've had monsters coming out of lakes. You've had robots or robots. Uh, You've had, I mean, what what have you not done that you want to do? I think a giant, actual giant monster. Not a a big bug, but an an actual giant, you know, kaiju kind of thing. Oh, wow. Um, uh, I would love to do that actually stop motion. Uh, I think that would be fantastic. I did get some stop motion finally into the late night double feature. So there's that. Uh, the next movie I'm working on is called Danny Johnson Saves the World, which uh, is is my Mimiverse version of the Goonies. So I, I'm getting my kids movie in there. Um, nice. Uh, and there are puppets in that as well. So uh, it's my Muppet movie as well. <laughs> and there's a robot or a robot. Yes, of course. Yes. Played by Michael Kaiser. <laughs> 
costume by Mitch Gonzalez. Wouldn't have it any other way, man. Of course. All right, so the blood's flowing. We're chatting here. You're, you're perking up a little bit. It's time to bust out this deck of cards that I've got right here. Now, this is a game that we call the Classic Five here on Monster Kid Radio. Five rapid-fire classic monster movie-related questions. Yes or no, this or that. There are no wrong answers. I'm gonna, I'm, they're all random. I've been shuffling them off and on all day. You ready to play the Classic Five? I'm ready, as I'm going to be on the, in the morning. i got some caffeine in me. Maybe I'll do it. I don't know. We'll see. All right, question number one. What classic monster movie icon would you want to see a biopic about? John Agar, of course. I love the man. I mean, I noticed uh, we're, here, we're here at Monster Bash, and the table over there has a, a signed uh, a photo of John Agar that I'm kind of considering buying. Oh, John Agar rules, man. Agar I just, rules. oh. All right, next one. What two, oh, this is right up your alley. What two 1950s monster movies would make a great double feature? Well, oh, man. You know, I always say This Island Earth because it's my favorite, absolutely my favorite uh, 50s sci-fi movie. But then I'd have to pair it with, you know, something not quite so good. Maybe... Hmm. I like the Phantom Planet, but that, that's actually the 60s. That's the early 60s. <laughs> that's true. Um, but, hey, you know, maybe they're doing a re... I don't know. I like the Phantom Planet. I think it's ridiculous. Oh, yeah, yeah. Or uh, Red Planet. Ooh. I like, I like that one. That's a good one. It's got a good giant monster, right. spider, bat, monkey thing. And it's in color, so it would work with this island yeah. earth. You know, a little color double feature. Plus the quality between the two. You know, I mean... You definitely get the impression that you'd be watching two distinctly different films and that's just a uh, double feature. Yes. Yes, very much so. And in fact, if you see my, my double feature, I do that on purpose as well. They're very different in tone. They're different in, not quality, they're both great. You should own it. You should own it. You should buy it right away. SayEuphoria.com. SayEuphoria.com. Sorry, I had to put that in there. Spelled out. S-A-I-N-T. Um, yeah, I, 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 I would go for something lesser, you know, quote-unquote lesser, and then something, you know, really high-end. You know, The Day the Earth Stood Still mixed with, you know, Catwoman of the Moon. Wow. There's, there, there, I don't know if my brain can keep up with that, and I'm not blaming that on being early this morning. All right, question number three. A couple of composers. Herman Stein or Ronald Stein? Yes. Fair enough. All right, question number four. It, the terror from beyond space, or... It conquered the world. Oh, man. Probably the terror from beyond space, honestly. Um, I love that monster design. Oh, yeah. And I love the sort of, I kind of, you know, admittedly, I wouldn't say I ripped that movie off a little, but I ripped that movie off a little uh, previously. Uh, and, of course, you know, there's the alien sort of uh, vibe to it. Um, plus, it's got that great walking on the outside of the uh, rocket oh, shots, yeah. you know? Oh, I mean, yeah. you get that, you know, turn the, the camera sideways, Batman, you know, the TV series mm-hmm. kind of thing. I always love that, you know. Mm-hmm. I think I, I actually did that even in my movie Destination Outer Space. We had a we had a scene where a character is floating in space, uh, and we turned the camera sideways yep. to give him that when he was really just standing on the floor. <laughs> I think Josh Craig did a great job of, yes. of aping, you know, uh, weightlessness. Yep. I think acting, acting. All right, final question: The Amazing Colossal Man or War of the Colossal Beast? You know, I almost would say War of the Colossal Beast. Uh, the Amazing Colossal Man ends so ridiculously abruptly, and it's hard to even tell what's going. I mean, it's just like he falls. And spoiler, um, it's just—it's got the dumbest ending. I love the sort of lead up to it, but then it's like, really? Uh, so I kind of like the War of the Colossal Beast, uh, just because it's got that cool ending with the uh, the observatory and the whole yeah. thing. Uh, I, I would have to pick that one, um, but it's 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 a tight race. It really is. Um, both are good though. Yeah, well, with war, you get the giant man, but then you also got the makeup effects and all that. So you get a little bit of both, and, you know. 
Yeah, it's a little more monster movie, whereas uh, I think, uh, you know, the, the Amazing Colossal Man is more of, uh, you know, the the opposite of the uh, the Incredible Shrinking Man, maybe. You know, you get the, the guy growing and dealing with it as he's growing, uh, whereas the World of Colossal Beasts, he's already big, he's already a monster, and he's angry, and, you know, he's half-skeletal and, you know, freaky and creepy. So, yeah, yeah, probably, I think that edges it out just so just a little. Plus, it's got that horrible intro with the guy driving in the car, <laughs> and suddenly, you know, he gets out and he starts, you know, freaking out for no apparent reason. I mean, it's just, it's fantastic. What I love about Monster Bash is that we can talk about these movies completely seriously, and it doesn't seem weird at all. Is this, is this your peeps? Is this where you belong? Absolutely. I mean, this is one of my favorite shows. I, I try not to do it every year just because I don't always have too much to sell, and I, I would worry about sort of always selling the same, you know, d- diminishing returns a little bit. But, no, I, coming to this is great because I never, like I always tell people, I never have to explain my movies to people. Yeah. Whereas you go to some other, you know, more modern horror conventions and they you know you have to go through the whole spiel of why what what you know what's the reasoning behind it and here they're like oh cool and i've had more than one person be like you know we were just talking about how great it would be if someone made new old movies like this this is fantastic (laughs) you're doing it and so uh i often feel you know at home here i guess you know uh and there are only a few shows like that uh, there's this. Uh, the I know uh, Cinema Wasteland's more like that too. Uh, I haven't been to Chiller Theater, but uh, I yeah. think that definitely is one I want to get into at one point. So, do you have any other appearances coming up? Any other shows people can find you at? Uh, let's see. I will be at the uh, Flashback in Chicago uh, here coming up. Uh, I will be at Blob Fest in a couple weeks here. Wow. Uh, they're showing the giant spider with the blob, so really? I am going to that. Hell yes! Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, then I'll be, uh, I'm actually a guest at OzFest in Omaha, uh, which is, is, is pretty cool because uh, they've been around for as long as my movies have. Uh, and I was a guest there in the first couple uh, when they really had no one. And uh, Mitch Obrecht, who I call the king of my superfans, uh, you know, is, is one of the organizers. And he got me in there very early on when they really had nobody. And so, uh, you know, he helped get the word out on the movies very early. So it's kind of like going back, you know? Sure. Going back to your high school, almost. Um, then beyond that, uh, just uh, we have more events set up, but uh, I can't remember. Those are the big ones, really. Flashback in Chicago and um, uh, uh, the Blob Fest here coming up and OzFest in Omaha. You mentioned your website a second ago, and I'm assuming this is where all this will be announced. There's a new section at SaintEuphoria.com? Yes, yes. What else is at the website? Uh, well, uh, we do a news section, so we sort of keep people updated on the progress of the films. When we do interviews like this, like when uh, this uh, Monster Kid radio comes out, we like to pimp that. Uh, and we have the Facebook page as well. Uh, but uh, there's other fun stuff there. We have our own uh, podcast, the Memoverse Bonfire Podcast with Ruby and Hater. Uh, uh, both have been uh, Ruby Gallinati and, and Mark Hader have helped out in making the films and have appeared in, in quite a few of them. And we do a really informal podcast, just us sitting around a bonfire talking about movies and giving each other crap, basically. There's that, and there's, you know, trailers and, and other stuff. And we actually have a... I, I built a, a old-school text adventure game uh, built around Is the that Memiverse. Still that's still there. Uh, that's actually sort of the... You know, we're making this new movie called Danny Johnson Saves the World. Uh that is called Danny Johnson and the Lucky Coin. Uh, and the Danny Johnson character actually first appeared in Terror from Beneath the Earth, which is a film that I put out in 2008. Uh, and he was uh, six years old at that time when we did that. And so that's sort of this character that's appeared in minor roles in, in different you know iterations of the Mimiverse. And he's the only one who has his own Mimiverse video game, so how cool is that? That's but awesome. that can be found in the special features uh, section if 
anyone's listening and they want to check it out. It's pretty hard. I mean, it's like Zork level hard. Uh, and I've had a lot of people who got really pissed off because they got <laughs> they got really far and then just died randomly, you know, because that's how it works. Yep. So singingforia.com. Go to monsterkidradio.net. Check out the show notes of this episode. You'll find a link to that. You and I are going to argue about John Agar films down the line. At some point, yes. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm readying my arsenal of, of things to say. Uh, uh, doing my doing my research, making sure to to watch up uh, uh, the film that I'm arguing for uh, and not against. You know, uh, and at some point, I know we haven't run it, but uh, uh, Derek here did a great thing that was about. Uh, um, God, was it uh, Richard Carlson? Uh, sorry, you did it again. You almost got the name wrong again. Ah, dang it, Richard Effin Carlson. And it's fantastic. And we just, he sent it to us and we still haven't run it. And I don't know why we haven't. I keep bugging Hater to put it in there. And I think he forgets that it's there. But it's, I think we'll, we'll have to run it on the next episode because it's, it's the funniest damn thing. And it shows uh, to a level of professionalism in, in your production values uh-huh. that uh, really outshine ours to, to, to an extent that is almost embarrassing. But you've obviously been doing this. You know what you're doing. Uh, so I'm going to kiss your ass a little bit. You're, Derek is awesome uh, and has been a big supporter of my films. Uh, and, Go on. Uh, <laughs> you're an awesome guy and a mountain of a man. Uh, uh, like, uh, yeah, I'll tell the story real quick. Is that you know uh, I've been talking to Derek for years, listeners, and I'd never met him in person until now, and I was surprised by how tall he is. Like he's seriously a mountain of a man. I'm six feet tall, but he's you know six eight or something like that. Uh, Only six four, six eight uh, and a half. <laughs> Uh, and I was just, I was surprised. For some reason, I don't know what it is. I, I imagine that he'd be shorter, but he's a big guy uh, and, and uh, a fantastic, uh, fantastic person. You guys should continue to listen uh, for the rest of your lives and, and send this guy money just because he, he deserves it, you know? I'm not making a movie. I don't need to take any money for anything or anything like that, man. So uh, I appreciate the kind words. Do listen to the Memiverse Bonfire podcast. It's about once a month or so. Uh, I listen to it religiously. It's where I get my news. I love the show. And, you know, it's just got a nice down-homey kind of not pretentious kind of NPR-ish. Not NPR-ish, but maybe like a Prairie Home Companion, but without the, the pretentiousness to it. I really like it. It's the Minnesota thing, you know? We just like to sit around and be slow about everything, you know? Very... Well, and that was the whole the whole idea of the the podcast came when, you know, Mark and Ruby and, and my wife Stephanie and I we just we would usually sit around uh, the bonfire and talk, mm-hmm. and inevitably we talk about movies, we talk about the Mimiverse, we talk about what we were doing. And Mark came up with this idea. He said, "You know, we should just record these and put it out as a monthly podcast because we're doing it anyway." And you know, three years later, we're still doing it. So, not too bad. Always entertaining. The movies, of course, are entertaining. I wouldn't be promoting them and talking about them as much as I do. Uh, to my left, I'm looking at the mask from The Fiend from Beyond Space. X, The Fiend from Beyond Space. It is probably the creepiest monster you've had so far, and I can't wait to see what happens next, man. Thanks for talking with me today. No, thanks for having me. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I'm at the point at the bash where I think it's going to be about time to put away the microphone because... It's coming to an end. This is the last day of Monster Bash. This is the last hour or so of Monster Bash, June 2013. And wow, I have had an amazing, tremendous time reconnecting with old friends, spending time with existing friends, making new friends, making new experiences with all three of the above. This has been a real 
treat. Now, Monster Bash is something that I've heard about for years. I've heard about it on the B-Movie cast. I've read about it in things like Scary Monsters Magazine or Monster Bash Magazine, go figure. And I've always wanted to come. It's never been something that's been doable for me, at least not easily, because as you listeners know, I'm based out of Portland, Oregon. Monster Bash is in Mars, Pennsylvania. I'm as many time zones as I can get away from Monster Bash when I'm at home without crossing the ocean. It's quite a trip. It was worth the trip. It was worth taking time off from work. It was worth every tiny piece of, well, everything. It was just worth it. And I would do it again in a minute. There's a part of me that wishes the doors would not close. I enjoy being with these people. I enjoy being with you people. I enjoy being with monster kids, young and old. I enjoy being with fans of these films. I enjoy being with the people who are involved with these films. I mean, this is just a treat. And I don't know how I've gotten along so far without Monster Bash. People have asked me, am I coming back? Well, I'm not coming back for the October show. There's an October show happening, which is going to be very Hammer-centric. There will be some non-Hammer classic monster and TV stars and actresses and such here, but it's Hammer-centric in that they're going to have three Hammer girls here. Three women from various Hammer films are going to be here in October. I'm not going to make it. There's no way I can do that. Next year... I don't know. We'll have to see how finances are. We'll have to see how scheduling's going. We'll have to see how things are going with Monster Kid Radio, as well as my real life, you know. So, man, if there was a way to swap that around to make Monster Kid Radio and all things classic monster movies my real life and then the rest of it, you know, the stuff that I just have to do, I don't know. It's just it's too far ahead to really consider at this point. I would love to come back for Monster Bash 2014. I feel like even though I'm the new kid here, I'm part of the family. And that's a testament to the staff here. That's a testament to Mr. Ron Adams, the man behind all of this, who's organized all this with his family, uh, with his staff, with his volunteers, making this whole thing work. It's at a great hotel. It's at a great location. I don't think I've seen a convention that has been so warm and welcoming. And not just, you know, on the part of the staff, but everybody i mean everybody here the fellow attendees the other people here just going to the convention they've been incredibly nice and friendly and helpful as well i mean i'm looking at my name tag right now and you know what my name tag says it doesn't say hello my name is my badge to get into the show says that i'm a vip and that's how i felt all weekend treated like a vip by Everybody And everybody's wearing these VIP passes, unless they only stay for one day, then they have the day on their pass. But everybody who's here for the entire weekend, they are treated as VIPs. Well, we all are, really. We're all labeled as VIPs because we feel like we're part of the show. Now, what time is it as I'm recording this? This is about 4.30 Saturday afternoon. What I'm told is that at about 5.30 is the last presentation in the movie room. It's kind of a tribute to those who have past people that we've lost over the past year i'm going to go to it because it's kind of the end closing ceremonies i guess i'm looking forward to that as well and i'm looking forward to going through all the audio that i recorded here gathering up every piece of memorabilia and all the scraps of paper and the email addresses and the phone numbers that I've written down of people that I've met and just putting this all together and making this part of my Monster Bash memory forever. Because this, again, I'm rambling, but I think, listeners, you'll understand. 
did I get a chance to meet Julie Adams? Yes. Yes, I did. Was it everything that I wanted it to be? Yeah, I think so. It was wonderful. She was so kind. She was so friendly. Every guest that I spoke to was kind and friendly. I don't see that at the other conventions that I go to, at least not to this level. Man, I don't know what it is about Monster Bash, but I want more of it. I want to thank everybody for being with me during my Monster Bash 2014 experience. So my plan right now is to run Monster Bash coverage over the next week or two here at Monster Kid Radio. I believe I recorded enough to get about two weeks worth of content at the very least. So I'm going to be running some Monster Bash content over the next week or so, and then we'll get back to the regular swing of things here at Monster Kid Radio. That means next week you've got more coverage from Monster Bash which is probably just as well, because I suspect I'm going to need that time to recover once I get back to my home base. Real life starts back up for me next week. And actually, by the time you hear this, real life will have started up for me again as of yesterday. So uh, I'll be back into real life, back into the day job, and you know, taking care of things at home, and paying bills, and taking better care of myself than I have over the past three days here at the convention. So yeah, to allow myself some time to recover and recoup, you're going to hear more Monster Bash coverage on Monster Kid Radio. After that, who knows? I've got some things in the works. Now, if you are in the Portland, Oregon area, I've been mentioning this on previous episodes of Monster Kid Radio, this upcoming weekend at the Joy Cinema is a 3D showing of Creature from the Black Lagoon. It is a Monster Kid Radio crash event. I don't know if showtimes have been posted yet, but I'm sure they will have been by now if you look up the Joy Cinema either on Facebook or at their official website, which is thejoycinema.com. So go check that out. Find out when the Saturday evening show is going to be, and I would love to meet you. You know the drill, ladies and gentlemen. Those of you who have met me at Monster Bash know I'm the tall guy with the Hawaiian shirt who looks like he's having the most fun in the room. Of course, I'll record at the Monster Kid Radio crash, and I'll share that on a future episode of Monster Kid Radio as well. Until then, Monster Kid Radio is a registered service mark of Monster Kid Radio, LLC. All original content of Monster Kid Radio by Monster Kid Radio, LLC is licensed under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, 3.0, unported license. Talk to everybody next week. (laughs) 